Welcome to the Advanced Relationship Podcast. This is your host, Jenny Morrow, and I am thrilled that you are here learning how to have the most intimate, loving, and powerful relationships on the planet. Welcome to today's episode. I am really excited to be recording with a special guest in the studio today. So I want to welcome my husband, Bryce Bauer. It's good to be here, Jenny. Yeah, thanks for being on. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that is actually kind of interesting to both of us. I think we're both looking forward to the topic. Does that feel true for you? Oh, yeah. The purpose in sharing today is to help identify something that I think a lot of us experience in some of our closest relationships. And that is, you know, what do we do in an experience where we feel a lot of love and yet it feels like a struggle to connect? Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about what it's like when we're in close relationships where we we feel a lot of love, but it's difficult to connect. We'll talk about why that might be happening and we'll talk about some ideas for how to move forward in those kinds of situations and relationships. What about for you, Bryce? Is there anything that you're looking forward to in today's episode or anything that you want to lead into? Yeah, so it's it's always fun to do stuff like this with you and create something and help people and just spend some quality time together talking about real stuff. So I think that's number one. And number two is this topic has been really interesting to me. I haven't really put a label on it until recently when we started talking about the difference between love and intimacy. I think this first came up for me a few months into our relationship where you started asking me, what's going on inside your head? What are you thinking about? And I immediately felt resistant and fearful. And I'd usually tell you the truth, but sometimes I wouldn't because I wasn't used to that type of connection. I wasn't used to being that transparent with a partner. I think I'd I'd always found ways to love people that was really easy, but I hadn't felt or experienced or knew how to do that real deep type of connecting where we go into each other's minds and really talk about what is really going on. And through that, we've learned a lot about each other and I've noticed how the connection has grown and how now I can comfortably answer that question when you ask it and label things that I'm feeling and explore reasons why I'm feeling that way. And so now I'm, it's only now in the last maybe year or so that I've understood what it really means to be truly intimate with each other and it it's not all hard either it's not always like I need to like uh, like dig down and figure out what's really going on there's amazing moments that come out of that and it bleeds over into our love life and our recreation time and our connections with friends and family and I feel like I've been able to understand you a whole lot better and vice versa and it feels really good it can still be hard sometimes but breaking into this next tier of what it really means to be connected has been eye-opening and inspiring. So that's why I'm excited to talk about this today. That's really cool, Bryce. Yeah, I can just, I feel myself just receiving that love from you. It is weird too how love and intimacy are so connected to each other. You're sitting next to me and I can look at you and I, I just feel like I see you more deeply than I did when we first started dating. It gives me more of you to love which is just really, really cool. 
Yeah, and I think to map it against previous relationships where I didn't even know that there wasn't something I was getting. I just knew that I loved this person and that we enjoyed doing things together. And then towards the end of the relationship, when we started to get into more arguments and there wasn't connection there, I started to realize that maybe this person doesn't really understand me that well and that I don't really understand this person either. And then that was usually the beginning of the end. It's interesting to look back in hindsight to I didn't even know that there were things that I wasn't experiencing and wasn't getting and missing out on. Thanks for acknowledging that. I think that that's something that a lot of people experience where there's a kind of void in their own life or in certain relationships and they don't even they don't even know what's missing. Yeah, and and an example that's popping up right now is that I typically would do the masculine thing and say, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm fine. And then down the road, I'd feel irritable or I'd be angry or I'd be kind of sad and it wouldn't make sense to my partner, wouldn't make sense to me. But had I been tracking that and being very honest and transparent about how I was really feeling, which is anxious or scared or sad, then everything would make sense. And we'd be able to start from that place of understanding, but instead it's just this confusing mess. Blame comes out, arguments start, there aren't tools. And if there are tools, it's a lot harder to use them because there's already been a lot of confusion. And on goes the rodeo. We're pushing things down and just hoping time will fix them. And it actually doesn't. And things get worse and we fall out of connection. Yeah, and I think for some of us, when I look back on my own experience growing up, I think I just always, I always wanted a lot of connection and I didn't always know how to ask for it. I didn't even always know how to identify that that's what my need was or that's what was going on. And so even though I had a loving family that just gave me so much of their attention and their financial resources and their hearts, I still found myself sometimes struggling to know how to feel deeply connected and how to ask for my needs in terms of connection growing up. For anyone out there listening, you know, it's okay to be in a situation where you love and you feel loved and you don't know how to get the connection you want because both can be true. And Bryce is nodding. It feels good. (laughs) Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to break it down into three different things for the rest of this podcast. We're going to talk about the definition of love and what love looks like without intimacy. Then we're going to talk about the definition of intimacy and what it looks like in a relationship. And then we're going to talk about how to get love and intimacy together flowing full force in a way that feels good, that you can understand and give you some helpful tips on how to practice this in your own life. What do you think, Jenny? I love it. So what do we mean when we're talking about the word love here? When I think of the word love, what I think of is a feeling, an emotional experience of caring about someone. I think that we can love people we don't even really know. I think we can love strangers. I think we can see someone and we can experience some sense of relating to them as a human. Sometimes I see little bugs in the house and I feel a care for them. I want to take them outside. That's just how I tend to be. So we can feel love for things that we don't know very well or people we don't know very well. I think of love as a feeling, an emotional experience of caring about someone. Yeah, and I don't share the same sentiment towards the insects, but I mean, if I were to be driving down the road and I saw a car on fire and I don't know who's in it, I don't know anything about them, I would feel inspired to stop and try to help and do something. 
And within my family, within my friends, if anyone were to need something, I would do whatever I could to help them. And that's a baseline. I think that comes with a package when we're talking about humanity and just our general moral compass. Yep. And it seems to be that those that we're closest to, we have the most of that feeling for. Let's talk a little bit about um, what it might look like in a situation where there's a lot of love, but there isn't necessarily much intimacy. So do you want to give an example of that, Bryce? Sure, I'll take a whack at it. Well, I think first, everyone really understands what love is, at least the definition that we just described. But the differentiation between love and intimacy is where people get a little bit more confused. So I think it's helpful to share a potential story, hypothetical. An example of of a loving relationship, but that might be lacking intimacy would be two people working nine to five jobs and they get up in the morning and they love each other. They say, I love you as they walk out the door. They give each other a kiss. They go their separate ways. They come home. One person may make dinner and then they get on their phones or they watch Netflix. They go to bed. They kiss each other goodnight and they do that day after day after day. Maybe sometimes they go on vacations and it's pretty similar, but there's this general lack of feeling very connected and understanding not only their selves, but their partner. So when things flare up, fears about money and family and health, it gets pushed to the side. And what's asked is usually to just get past it. And it leaves people feeling anxious and sad. Things just feel hard, and the relationship might feel flat and boring and depressing. And there are also periods of time where it might feel really good, too. But that's Mm -hmm. a little bit of of how I would view uh, a loving relationship that's lacking intimacy. Great, yeah. And I think one of the signs that that's happening also is people regularly using what I'd call it coping strategies to take the edge off of maybe any tension or anxiety that they're feeling. Yeah, and that's what TV and phones and wine and ice cream and all these things that we can get into a pattern of doing because we don't know how to do anything else. What we're saying here is that there is something else to do. There's a lot more to be had, and that is finding more connection in yourself and with your partner because I think you can only connect with your partner as much as you are willing and able to connect to yourself. Yeah, it feels so helpful to hear that because it seems like There's just so much normalcy around that kind of experience where there's a lot of love, but there's not a lot of intimacy. It feels good to realize it's not the only way. And for those who tend to feel a little bit afraid of long-term relationships or afraid of family life, I think this is something to also check in on. That's something I can relate to in terms of some of my strong desire for family life but also some real fear about it and some fear that I was going to feel trapped. And I think some of that has to do with a desire for deeper intimacy and connection, but not necessarily knowing what that was going to look like or how to make that happen. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that's popping up is why it's important that we have me and you on here to talk about the male and female experience because it's going to be different a lot of the time. So ever since I started dating, I think I started to create this vision of, what I wanted my relationship to look like. And it was really of a woman who could have fun, but also leave me alone and let me do my own thing and not get too much into my head. And I just, I thought that would be perfect. And that's kind of the generic, like submissive stay-at-home wife stereotype. In dating Jenny and being introduced to these new ways of doing things, I've noticed that this whole like wanting to be left alone is usually when I'm feeling scared or anxious 
or sad. And there's actually a lot there to be explored. And once I'm able to explore it, I notice that what I really want is more connection and understanding. So if any of you guys out there can relate with that, just want to be left alone, I invite you to take a look at what might be going on underneath and to try some of these tools we're going to talk about so that you can experience more than what you may experience just being on your own. Thanks for sharing that perspective. It actually does feel eye-opening for me. I'm like, oh, that is helpful to see because I think that is a different kind of experience than normally women have. So it just feels really helpful to hear that, actually. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the, the whole avoidant versus anxious attachment styles in the works, which are usually separated by the male and female experience. Yep, definitely. Yeah, because in my experience, it was more the fear of how am I going to get the love I want, the support I want, the connection I want. If I didn't know how to get it, then I might turn away in kind of an avoidant stance. But usually for women, I think it is more often that we go through that door of anxiety in trying to figure out how to get the love and support we want. Yeah. And to also plant a flag where it can be seen that there are positive ways that we can go out on our own as men and sort through our feelings. Sometimes we take longer to process things. And so that's not bad. I'm not saying good, bad, and and any of this, just that we can often use avoidance as a coping mechanism. Let's talk a little bit about intimacy and what we mean by intimacy and what a relationship looks like when it not only includes love, but moves beyond that or goes deeper than that to the next level, which is to also include intimacy. Yeah, and I think it's ironic that the term gets thrown around like you could be intimate with someone one night and everyone knows what that means to be sexual with them. But I don't really think that that's what true intimacy is. The act of truly being close is something much deeper that takes time, that takes work, that takes a lot of vulnerability, and it's not the type of thing that you can just do in one night. Yep. So what do we mean then when we're talking about intimacy? What does that even mean? For me, when I think about the idea of intimacy even feel into the experience of intimacy, the first word that pops up for me is safety. Then the thoughts pop up being seen, being heard, being understood. I imagine a safe space where we get to be more and more of who we are. And through that experience, we get to be seen by our own self, our own eyes get to see more and more of who we are. And those who are around us get to see more and more of who we are. So I imagine intimacy is kind of this unfolding of who we are. Yeah, I like that, Jenny. And and I see it as not something that you attain and then you have it so much as something that needs to be fostered, that needs to be created, that needs to be constantly worked on. And I see once you have the safety, because I like that word, then you have transparency and vulnerability. And what that means or looks like is being able to be asked what's going on for you right now and be able to to fully answer, even if it takes time, into what the experience is like for you emotionally, physically, what are some of the thoughts that are running through your head, not having dark crevices of your psyche that can't be brought out into the world with your partner. Yeah, that feels exciting. It feels like, oh, that's worth having relationship for. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. So maybe let's talk a little bit about how we develop and foster this experience of intimacy on a continual basis. There's a few thoughts popping up for me, so I'm happy to start. Or is there anything popping up for you? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that has become really important for me, and it's always been important ever since the beginning of my relationship with Bryce, which is the phrase, I don't pretend in this relationship. 
And there are times I do pretend and there's times I stuff things down and I hide them and I pretend. And I also do it way less than I used to. And every time I try to pretend, it always comes out at some point. It's almost like for us to keep our relationship truly clean and transparent, there can't be any hiding. And so for me, that means if Bryce does something, says something, asks me a question and I have some response inside of me, even if I think it's not what I should be feeling or thinking or experiencing, one of my goals is to be at least first and foremost honest with myself about what's happening. And then when I feel ready to be honest with him. And the sooner I feel safe and can do that, I find the better for our relationship. Yeah, thanks, Jenny. I I was thinking about... Early on in our relationship, you wanted me to watch this video on this therapist couple that teach relationship skills. And I remember putting it off and being like, I don't like watching videos because, I mean, I can be just as stubborn as the rest of them. Eventually, I finally agreed to watch it in pieces. And we watched, I think, four different 30-minute episodes of this couple teaching relationship skills. And I began to connect with it more and more and be like, oh, yeah. So I think the first step in really creating this intimacy is opening our ears to listen to the information and just try it on and see if it fits. And I noticed as soon as I opened my mind to it and began to try a few of these things, I began to see the benefits of it, even though it was hard. And me and Jenny don't do it perfectly and I don't do it perfectly. And we eventually went and went to a workshop with this couple and I learned a whole lot more, more than I could have ever expected and more things came up than I could have ever expected because I think an experience like that draws out a lot of things that need to be worked on. You don't always have to have things on the plate to be worked on. They will present themselves when the tools are there. So why that's important is I think the first step in intimacy is really opening our minds to see what is really there, to learn tools, and then we will be prepared when the moments come when we need to use them. And how intimacy looks like On a personal level, I can only explain it more as a feeling that I get. When we do have hard stuff come up and we sit on the couch like we often do, this happens. Sometimes it'll happen once a week. Sometimes it'll happen once a month. But we'll sit on the couch and we'll be going through something hard. And we'll usually sit there and tune into each other and meditate for a minute before we move into conversation. And we'll work things out. And sometimes it takes... 20 minutes sometimes it takes 90 minutes and the feeling of relief and connection and warmth and safety and vulnerability all mixed together to create this really kind of exciting just a feeling of being okay is really what the experience of intimacy is for me the conflict it's not a bad thing it's something that we can use to draw us deeper into connection so long form answer um of what it's been like for me. That's really cool because as you say that, I also look at the growth that's happened for each of us individually and then as a couple. And I think that's one of the beautiful outcomes of intimacy is that as we get to know ourselves better and as we get to know our partners better, we have this chance to become, literally become more of who we are into the world. Yeah, and even though the work is not done and there's many years to to go, it does feel easier. And it's like, It's like that first experience of taking off that backpack full of rocks of these emotional burdens and and old traumas and old beliefs that I've been used to carrying around and setting it down just for a moment and being like, oh, wow, I had no idea that I was carrying all this. And I'll put it back on. It's the way that life works sometimes. But the more I'm able to take it off and experience that relief and that happiness, that fulfillment, that connection with Jenny, the intimacy, 
the more I'm psyched to learn more and practice. So, so life can be easier. I want it to feel free. I want life to feel free and easy and fun. And the more that I've done this in my intimate relationships, the more it's felt that way. It doesn't, it has not mattered what's going on in my external world as much as what's going on in my internal world. So just letting everyone out there have a moment to just sit with it. Wherever you are, you get a chance to just check in. How am I doing right now? Whatever that backpack is for me, am I carrying it right now? Have I been willing to set it down and take a break? Have I been willing to talk to my partner about what's happening in that backpack? You know, where are you in your experience of intimacy with yourself? Where are you in your experience of intimacy with your partner or your dating life? What does that look like? And if you're new to this, if some of these ideas are brand new, there's this whole world of growth that we can experience together. And I think it's part of what I love to do. I think it's part of what Bryce loves to do also is not just that we learn this and we practice it together, but also that we get to share it with other people and experience deeper connection and intimacy with other people as well. Yeah, it feels like such a powerful experience to be in my living room now, but to imagine connecting with someone else on the other line of this communication right now and to think that someone could really also gain and grow and be able to set that backpack down and to feel what it feels like to be truly themselves in their relationship feels inspiring it feels worth sitting down and going through all this tech bullshit that we've had to figure out to get here i don't know if you can cuss on this podcast <laughs> you may but, okay <laughs> yeah so i agree bryce and anything else that you want to mention in terms of your experience with intimacy in our relationship? So one big one that comes up for a lot of guys that I work with and for myself is sex life. And how does this play into that? So I've definitely noticed how our emotional connection is tied to our physical connection. And guys, if you're listening out there, if you've ever been in this situation where you feel like you want to be physical more than she wants to be physical or she's just doing it because you want to do it and it just gets all confusing and it gets tough and frustrating, I can say that the doorway to have a better sex life is creating a deeper emotional connection with your partner. Yeah, I feel really glad that you brought up the sex piece because I feel like that is a big one. For me, it feels so nice when I feel really open and really safe. And the connection, the intimacy is such a huge part of that. If there's been something going on that I'm not understanding about Bryce or something he's not understanding about me and it feels kind of hard, I will. I'll just notice myself feel a lot more closed off. As soon as that gets cleared out and I can understand him and what's going on and he can understand me, it's just like, oh, kind of like you said, there's a relief and it feels like things get plugged back in. And then the openness for sex is just, it's so much more there when we're feeling emotionally connected. Yeah, and I think it gets taken for granted now sometimes, but we really go into those experiences in the bedroom with us both wanting to do it. It's not a struggle. And I know there have been times in my life where it just really felt like that was always a struggle. And towards the end, it just was like the last thing to go. Yeah, it's just good. It's just, it feels natural, easy, and I know what the key to Jenny's heart is, and that's what I really want to connect with. Yeah, and I think that that's, sex is such a great way to check in as well, and one of the things that Bryce does really, really well is if something is going on for me, if I'm feeling closed off, more and more I feel safe talking about it. So yeah, we're just able to work things out more quickly 
not let things fester or sit under the surface. I think as a woman, sometimes there's a lot of fear that I have to always be available for that. And being able to realize that I want to be available and I want to connect with Bryce that way. And when we're feeling connected and when I'm connected to myself and then I'm connected to him, it can feel so good and be so easy. And so sex is a great way to check in. It's a great barometer for how things are in the relationship. So Bryce, thanks so much for being on the podcast with me today. It felt really good to have you here. And it's so helpful to have another person's perspective. So I love to talk about these topics and I could talk about them myself. And when you're here, it just feels more whole, more complete. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. So we're going to close by sharing our favorite tool for creating more intimacy in our relationship. We'll leave you with that, something to take with you and to practice in your own life. So do you have something, Bryce, for you that's coming up? Yeah, this is a huge one. It's helped me a lot with you and with other people in my life. It's often the experience of people when things get tough that we're talking, I'm saying what I'm feeling, then you say what you feel. It kind of goes back and forth. And as the energy heats up, we really stop listening. And what I think we really want is to be understood, even if that person doesn't agree with us. So the magic tool is to ask your partner, what do you want me to understand? Really let them explore that. Don't say, what do you really want me to understand? They say two things and then you interrupt and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? But that's because of this and da, da, da. No, give them at least a few minutes of space. And sometimes there'll even be some pausing in there in quiet time for them to really explore what they're feeling and what they want you to understand. Awesome. One of my favorite tools is the compassion practice. The way that I do that in our relationship is that when it starts to feel heated and you have a certain perspective and I have a certain perspective and it feels like they're in conflict with each other, what I start to sometimes do is I'll either blame you or I'll blame myself. Like I'll keep the conflict going in my mind with blame. And so one of the tools I found is really helpful is instead of continuing that opposing energy, I'll just start to give both sides compassion. And I'll imagine giving Bryce compassion and giving his perspective compassion and giving me and my perspective compassion. And basically what I mean by that is just a sense of loving kindness. I'll trust that Bryce has a reason he's feeling the way he's feeling and that he's thinking the way he's thinking, that like there's a valid, good reason why he is where he's at with something. And then I'll do the same for me, that there's a valid and good reason for why I am where I am with something. And that ultimately the two don't need to be opposed, even though they're appearing opposing at that time. So I'll just start with loving kindness and compassion. Sometimes I don't know how to change it yet. I don't know how to get on the same page. And I really do feel like compassion for me is like the bridge that takes me back to that place where we're able to get reconnected. Cool. I like that, Jenny. It was really good to be here with you and really excited for all of you to take something from this podcast, whatever felt most meaningful, take it into your week and we will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye all.